Welcome to a brand new podcast we call Music Unsubscribe. My name is Peter. My name is Andrew. I'm Marissa. This is a fun new project for us. You may know us from our other podcast on Anchor, Music Madness, where mm-hmm. we would take artists and put them in a 60-14 bracket. Now we're trying something else. We're challenging ourselves this time. Mm. We mm-hmm. all subscribe to music subscription services like Apple Music and Spotify. And it got us thinking. We pay $10 a month for those subscriptions to get all the music in the world. But what if you took those $10 and spent it out there in the world doing something else? You mean like not on my phone? I mean like distance yourself from the phone. Okay. Breathe in the fresh air. Conceptually, I'm there. And take in the music. You mean no algorithms to tell me what I might like? It's all on you. You can go see a show. You can go buy a record. You can go meet a busker and give him $10 (laughs) and call a day. But the challenge is for us to unsubscribe ourselves physically, not literally, but physically, from our subscriptions Mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to spend $10 out there in the world broadening my musical knowledge and my landscape and come back to this podcast and talk about it. Yeah. So prior to this podcast, we have all done something out there in the world that costs $10 and has a music-related angle to it. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. And as we said, since it is a $10 a month, this is a monthly podcast. Sure. Exactly. So That's uh, right. So listen, every month, the end of every month, we will release a new podcast. As you're listening to episode one, episodes in the future will come out right around the same time, all having a similar theme. What did you spend $10 on this month? We're going to begin by just giving you a little bit of background about us. In case you haven't listened to our Music Madness podcast, we want to let you know where we're coming from musically, and hopefully you'll see how we grow in our tastes and maybe you can even uh, you know play along and, and try for yourselves. For me, I'm really into top 40 pop music. We all come from a college radio station called WHW Binghamton. Mm-hmm. And so I was, in addition to really playing a lot of pop music, I also was the folk music director. I played a lot of country music. I was also into a lot of Americana and blues. And that also broadened my knowledge there by being immersed with a lot of people who were interested in that music. But once I got out of college and I graduated, I was pretty much on my subscription listening to what I already listened to, and you know, this seems like the perfect opportunity to broaden that horizon again, mm. you know, yeah. years later Absolutely. after graduating. Would you like to go for it? I mean, we're all friends, like Peter said, from Dewey with Bington. Kind of the same story for me. You know, I was always into rock music, classic rock. You know, there was that, that fun time in the early 2000s where, like, the age of, like, Hot Topic and Fall Out Boy. Um, <laughs> you know, it happens. It happens. But when I got to Binghamton and, and, and got involved with the radio station, uh, my, my taste pretty, you know, evolved a lot. And I think it was definitely a consequence of being surrounded by people with so many different uh, taste in music, walking into the station and, and kind of hearing what people were putting playing out on the air uh, and how that was different from the things I was normally gravitating towards. You know, I'm still a fan of classic rock. Um, I'm really into alternative rock. There's definitely some subgenres of rock that I'm not super familiar with, but I'm really excited for this podcast because it's basically forcing me to kind of think, well, what don't, what don't I usually listen to or where else can I kind of uh, you know, dive in and, and, and listen to something that I haven't in a while. I always feel like I've been guilty of having a superficial <laughs> interest in music, right? Like I'll listen to discographies or uh, I know a little bit about some some music history here and there, but I've never been one of those people who kind of really dives deep into, well, who produced this and who's on this track. And, and I know Andrew <laughs> is kind of yeah. one of those people. <laughs> what I hope to get out of this show is, is kind of evolving more into that, um, really wrapping my head around the music I like and why. Mine's a fairly broad uh, topic of of interest. I obviously started with the classic rock of Long Island that... Uh, we were all ra- raised on Led Zeppelin and Billy Joel and Billy Joel. And, uh, and Billy that guy Joel. Billy Joel, right? Yeah, and that guy Billy Joel from Long Island. Yeah, Billy Joel. You listen to Billy Joel? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So we, um, I, uh, I was a music major in college, which brought me into um, you know, a lot of you know, different types of music, classical music, jazz. Being at the, ra- at the radio station with my two great friends here opened me up to a lot of different styles of music. You know, but I still spend a lot of my time in classic rock and just a lot of rock in general but just one i've been challenging myself over the last few years or so i do a weekly discography where i'll listen to a different artist every week and listen to all of their albums and rank them so i've been pushing myself in certain ways there but i think this is going to be a great way to go outside of the spotify discography hole that i've been going down where i'm like okay this week i only care about 
the Smiths mm-hmm. or this week I only care about Elvis. Like this is a good way for me to jump outside of just these albums or this way of seeing the world. Maybe I can, I'm hoping it'll get me to, you know, more concerts or just <laughs> new ways of seeing music. So now that you know a little bit about us, it's time to share our first excursions in the world, spending mm-hmm. $10 a month. When we come back, Marissa will begin with her story of how she spent $10 this month outside of the subscription world. This is Music Unsubscribed. Keep listening. We will begin with Marissa's $10 excursion. Yes. Okay. So, okay, I was very excited for this, for this first episode. And, and what I really wanted to do in my heart of hearts was find someone who was busking. I'm in New York City. Like, there's a lot of people just busking all the time. And um, there was two musicians I had in mind. Neither of them had any albums on them or anything to sell me by the time I came across them. So... I was very upset and I was almost scrambling almost like to find something for the show. I was like, oh my gosh, like the deadline that we've set, I'm not going to make it. Um, not great for the first show. Not, no. Yeah, no, it was pretty, it was pretty intense, but you know what? I'm going to probably round back with my, my initial ideas for future episodes. So, so stay tuned stay guys. Tuned. Yeah. So I work in Jersey city. I was doing some research and I was like, well, I guess I'll go to a record store. You know, so I Googled, you know, like record stores near my my office and I found one um, in Hoboken. So it's called Tunes. It's 225 Washington Street in Hoboken. So it's one stop from my job. You know, so I got out of work one day. I was like, all right, I'm going to go on an excursion. I don't hang out in Hoboken, guys. Just so you know. You're not a Hoboken lady. I'm not a Hoboken no. gal, girl, gal. Gal. Um, choice. Lady. Lady. You know, I hop on the train. I, 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 I go to Hoboken. I got a little lost in that little Hoboken terminal thing. It's very large there. The buses, the trains, New Jersey yeah, there's Transit. There's a lot. Of, there's pretty much everything is all in one spot. Yeah. It's, um, went around the circle. But eventually I got to myself. Got I got there. Good. It was great. Um, it was a little cold. Walked up Washington Street, found this this uh, small record store. Not too small. It's a de- you know, but kind of like if you didn't, it didn't have a big sign or anything, so you might miss it if you're walking mm-hmm. past it. But yeah, I went in. It, it, it was pretty cool. Pretty decent amount of stuff. They had sections with like DVDs and a lot of CDs, and then the records, of course, which is what I gravitated towards. So my first thought was to kind of check out what they were playing. Over over the speakers in the store because I liked it. And um, I was a little disappointed to find that it was a CD they were playing Uh. and not an actual record. But it was an artist. Not that there's anything wrong with that, that, except the song singer songwriter uh, they were playing was uh, Joseph Arthur. Oh, I think I know. Didn't you put out something with uh, Peter Buck from REM recently? Possibly. I didn't really spend a lot of time researching him for this episode because um, I bought the CD for like a dollar eighty nine. Went home and realized I didn't have a CD player. (laughs) (laughs) So, so. Future episode topic, See, perhaps. I was going to say, you could probably get you one for about 10 bucks, about 10 and that, bucks. Might, that might be able to... Stay tuned, episode Stay two. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the, the, next, the next excursion, yeah. So, But yeah, I ended up spending a lot more time than um, with the 45, and the 45s and the singles and stuff, and I found some, some pretty cool stuff. Um, I came across a single called Ship of Fools by Robert Plant. I have it here for, for the guys. This is off his album uh, Now in Zen, which was uh, released in 1988. So I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. You guys know this, but yes. um, most of my friends know it. But I, I really haven't spent a lot of time with Robert Plant's like solo stuff. So I was pretty excited to, to find the single um, and give it a listen. And it was really good. Um, I'd recommend it if you, <laughs> you know. What's the, is the style similar to the, the classic Zeppelin or is it, because he jumps around in styles a lot. It's kind of more, it was reminiscent of like the Celtic kind of influence that they were having at one point. Sure, like that three, four era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. So um, it's really... It was a good listen, and I know a lot of folks get upset with Robert Plant because he's kind of gone into a whole different direction after Led Zeppelin and kind of, you know, crossed genres and, and really explored a lot of a lot of stuff beyond rock, per se. I kind of commend him for that, you know, because he's an artist, he's evolving, always, yeah. you know. So yeah, I, I think it's really, it was it was really good. I believe it was the second single off the, off the album, Now and Zen. So I should listen to the whole album next, I think. Maybe. How much was that? This was $3. So okay. you're now at four eighty. It's definitely encouraged me to, to spend more time with his solo stuff. Anyway, you have, you have... I had, I had another single, I had another 
another single that I found. It was A Woman in Love by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh. Uh, this was off Tom. of Hard Promises, 1981. Um, I love Tom Petty, and that's kind of why I picked it up. Well, I miss him dearly. Well, we have an interesting story. The three of us mm-hmm. saw Tom Petty. We did. At Forest Hill Stadium. A month before? A, a month before he passed. About a month I had before see, he And I've seen him earlier on that tour in upstate New York. Yeah. And then he... Died while you and while you and I were in California. In California, mm-hmm. we were about I don't know ten hours away from his house in Malibu. Yeah. Could have saved time. him. You could have saved him. You know, if uh, I had known there was an issue, I would have rushed right over. Of yeah, of course. But you know. Um, but, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy that was crazy timing for sure. So I, you know, I figured I'd also kind of look up some interesting facts about about this single as well. Not surprisingly, it was produced by Jimmy Iovine, which not again not a shock. But Mike Campbell was also one of the co-writers on the song. Okay. Um, his and, lead good his main yep, yep. guitarist and. Uh, that's the guy who's touring with Fleetwood Mac now to replace Lindsey Buckingham. One of two, because One of two. it takes two people to There's replace. There's no replacing Lindsey Buckingham. That's that's what they've yeah they've learned. I think yeah. the hard I'm gonna, way. I'm gonna throw a hot take out there. Hot, hot take. take. Hot take. Hot take. If they come to town, I will not see them without Lindsey Buckingham because I don't consider it really Fleetwood Mac without. Oh, me too. I I think that it, to, for it to be Fleetwood Mac. You're gonna need to have all five of those classic members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, agree. end of hot take. End of I mean, take. I'm with you, and I'm, I won't go to a, a Fleetwood Mac concert without him. And how much was the Tom Petty record? This was. It says two dollars. I don't know if it was. I forget if it was like a, on sale for a little bit cheaper than that. Okay. So you're down to about a dollar, two dollars yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no. Does she? I think she's got. A few bucks still. Well, this was only three bucks. My last, my last choice. So then she is. Okay, so this is your. So, this, is, okay. this is you. How you end the ten? This is probably the cool. Okay, so the, this I thought had an interesting. I, I, I've I've learned after I bought it and did some research. There was a, a pretty interesting story with this choice. So it's a little Richard album. Okay, it's the big hits. The big, big hits. hits. We've got well, we got some big hits on here. We got Lucille. We got Tutti Fruity. Right, a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah, all these, lots all of these, all lots these great, of shaking. All these great hits here. Um, I picked it up because I, I don't have a lot of like the soul rock stuff in my some record early, catalog. Early rock and roll stuff. You know, and yeah. I felt like I've gone on too long without anything from Little Richard in my in my box of choices <laughs> of records. So, you know, I was giving it a listen, and uh, when I pulled the record out, I saw this really cool sleeve. Uh, it's Basically, so G and P Crescendo Records is the is is the label that put this out. Okay, you know, has like a little portion where you can cut out, and it says "Send for a free catalog." You know, this is from I don't even know if there's like a year on here, but it's an old record. It, it's it's looking like it's the, looking old. What do you think? It has a copyright of seventy four. So okay. there we go. So from seventy so, four. So. I wasn't aware that, like, you know, they would do this in records where you can kind of cut out this piece and, like, send in the mail, mail order, like, a, the, the edition of our catalog or whatever. Like a, like the Sears catalog. Yeah, basically, right? It seems ancient and antiquated yeah. to us now. But I wanted to figure out, like, well, who, like, I don't know. It just seemed interesting. So I looked up what GNP Records was or is, actually. So it's a record label that was founded in 1954 by a guy named Gene Norman. He seems like a really interesting guy, and I'll tell you why. All right. Um, the story is that he hitchhiked from New York to L.A. Um, That's a long hitchhike. It's a long hitchhike. Yeah. So he's a dedicated gentleman, dedicated <laughs> to exploring, to I guess. To the cause. To the cause. <laughs> and what he started doing, he started out as a producer. Well, I think he started out actually as a promoter, uh, you know, for concerts and stuff. Um, and then he kind of got into producing. And there was this club called the Crescendo in Hollywood, or I guess around thereabouts in California. And so he had this idea that the shows that he basically produced to record them all, and um, he basically, all of, uh, a lot of what they, the initial records that they put out were live recordings of all of the shows that happened at the Crescendo. So it's pretty cool. He was mostly with... You know, he started out in jazz and then got into rock. So you had like some really awesome names like Duke Ellington and I don't know. So I want to spend some more time, maybe perhaps after this initial find, kind of seeing the live shows there, but um, the recordings and stuff from the live shows there. You know, I just thought it was interesting. And now his son actually, so the, the record label still exists and his son runs it. They actually got the rights to like the Star Trek soundtrack. 
So they put like the original sound. I think like so. The... Yeah, like his his son was like a big sci-fi fan. Um, so when he took over the label, like he got like the soundtracks like Star Trek and like. So I don't know. I just thought it was it, it, to me this was interesting. It was kind of like learning the backstory of kind of how this guy started this record label yeah. and all the really cool shows that were going on at the crescendo. So that's a great. Story. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I imagine if you sent this note out for free catalog. Yeah, so, I'm wondering. So you probably get well now. Now I'd be curious it. what happens. Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure that you would do that and you would not see not anything. get it. You would yeah. just lose that stamp. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm thinking if you <laughs> sent it, lose the stamp. if you sent it way back then, you would be getting a lot of live recordings from. These amazing shows, yeah, because that was that's what they did. But these, but this, these aren't live renditions. These are all studio takes. I'm guessing, right? I don't know. I mean, have you have you listened to the records yet? I've listened to this one. I couldn't tell. I mean, it didn't really sound like it was a live album. Um, so I think after a while they started, you know, just putting out putting other out. Stuff. Yeah, but but it was really cool. Probably that something like this would have mm-hmm. helped cover the cost of the yeah. live albums if they weren't like depending on how they were doing. Yeah, it looks like it's called mm-hmm. their their vintage series. Yeah, and they have other ones here. They've got mm-hmm. Django Reinhardt twice. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, Dizzy Gillespie, yep. Mel Jackson, Thelonious Monk. Got uh, the yeah. Four Tops, Roy Eldridge, Earl Hines. Yep, Willie Glenn Smith, Four, four Boys and a Guitar. And then Django again, mm-hmm. from 35 to 39, the quintet of the Hot Club of France. There you go. Hot Club. Hot Club. That is an amazing find. Yeah, it's, That's so it, was, cool. it was really cool. You know, I just thought at the time, like, what an ingenious idea. He's a, he's a show promoter. Why not record the shows you're putting on and get some more legs out of them, right? Like, yeah. release them as a, as a whole album unto themselves. So... That was that was basically my excursion. I'm glad I happened upon uh, the record store in Hoboken. There you go. Um, and I'll probably go back. They have an Instagram. They have a website. Tunes, Tunes Record Store. Tunes Record there Store. There you go. Um, so. Also, if you're interested in learning more about GNP Crescendo Records, etc., um, they have a website as well. Yeah. And they they seem to be pretty active with some kind of you know like a blog post and things like that and kind of the history of yeah of the record label itself. So. Um, I think I did pretty well. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Yeah. I Googled a lot. I lived a lot. It was great. <laughs> you lived your experience. Your life is now better because of And this was something that I probably, I would never probably, like, so, like, I've been listening, so Spotify is my subscription platform of choice for my music. I wouldn't have gotten any of this information from any of the algorithms that Spotify uses to sure. curate my playlists. So, yeah, I, I'm... I think it was a successful outing for me. I'd say so. For sure. Yeah, great finds. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Great. Yeah, really cool. Coming up next, Andrew is going to tell us about what he did with his $10. Ooh. It'll be fun. Music unsubscribed. We just heard Marissa's $10 excursion. Yes. Over to Tunes Records. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to hear about Andrew's $10. Yeah. Price. So for my experience, I went to a concert in Brooklyn. Now, uh, for those that don't know me very well, I haven't been going. I usually try to go to concerts. Concerts in New York are expensive. More than $10. Yes, more than $10. It's often. hard to find. Yeah. So it's very difficult to be like, oh, I went to see this concert, which is something I would try to do partially, but also it's tough to find something. Like, so you have to kind of go out of your way to look for it. So I found on, I believe, Do New York City, Do, do NYC. Mm-hmm. They like post a lot of stuff that's going on. I found there was a show at Avant Gardner in East Williamsburg. Very hipster of you. Very hipster very. area where Blue Point Brewery, which is a brewery out of Long Island, they were launching, are launching a new beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an IPA. It's called The IPA, which I think is a little bit pretentious of them, but that's fine. They're in Williamsburg. They're hanging out in Williamsburg, <laughs> so the center point of pretension. Anyway, so we I went to a concert there. The headliner was Matt and Kim, Brooklyn natives. Of course. Uh, and also, I haven't seen Matt and Kim or listened to Matt and Kim in a really long time. I'm a fan. They, I've seen them, I think, well, now it's three times, I think, but I've seen them twice before, and they always put on an amazing show. They're always so much fun. So we went, I went with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. gave $10 to, uh, the, the show was technically free with a $5 suggested donation, but I gave $10. There we go. Fulfilling. <laughs> there yeah. it is. $10 right there. But, uh, that's not all that I got with it. It wasn't just a concert because with my ticket came two free blue point, the IPAs. So I got two, <laughs> I got two free drinks, uh, as well as a t-shirt. They were pressing t-shirts cause 
they're trying to get the word out for this for this new beer. So I got a T-shirt. They, uh, I've got this very vibrant uh, purple <laughs> and green shirt uh, that has the logo for the for the beer, and it was a lot of fun. It was a good show. I hadn't been to that venue before. It's really big warehouse kind of looking thing. Really tall ceilings. Very industrial looking they had like a whole section for food they had like food trucks and stuff like that it was a good time for those who don't know matt and kim they are a band that's like what how long have they been putting out music i think it's been like at least 10 years yeah i think it's been about 10 years or so 12 i feel like daylight was 2006 it was yeah matt and kim's first album called matt and kim Mm -hmm. uh came out in 2006 that's actually before daylight i think i think it's before grand okay grand came out uh, 10 years ago Tomorrow. Wow. So around the time that we're listening to this, yeah, January 20th, 2009 wow. is when Grand came out, which had the su- the single Daylight as well as having Good Old Fashioned Nightmare and a few oh, other yeah. great songs. Happy anniversary. Happy happy 10th anniversary. anniversary to Matt and Kim. Yeah, they're a band I haven't listened to in a while. Yeah, so. actually listening to, knowing that I was going to see them prompted me to go and check them out again because I hadn't listened to them in forever. Mm-hmm. And they just put out an album last year. So what was your favorite part of the uh, of the lineup for, for that show? Like, what was... Uh, there was a lot. I mean, like, I think Matt and Kim was definitely my favorite mm-hmm. uh, part. But they had a bunch of bands that were on. Uh, the band right before them was called Phony People. People spelled P-P-L. Okay. <laughs> they were really cool. They had, a, like, a very mixed blend of, like, a, like a reggae and hip-hop and rock style. It was really cool. Uh, so they were really cool, but Matt and Kim just go crazy. They always, like, pull out stops. They had, like, this enormous beach ball. You know how usually you'll have, like, yeah, beach balls sure. out at shows? Was uh, it Next Level Beach Ball? This, you could have fit 50 people inside of this beach ball. Inside the beach ball. Inside and the beach ball. this beach ball fit into this venue. Yes, and so you could throw it around. So it's a very big, big it's a very <laughs> large venue. This fits a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're throwing it. And, like, it was thrown around. They had sex dolls that had their faces on them. Uh, okay. Like, male and female that okay. got thrown out into the crowd. Which, I gotta be honest, most people were... Uh, being quite lewd with. Of course. So, you know, that's... Yeah. But Matt and Kim put on a pretty raunchy show. Uh, we got flashed oh, once fun. Uh, okay. by by Kim. Their setup's pretty... I don't know if, you, if you've if you listened to their music. Kim plays drums and mm-hmm. Matt plays uh, keyboards and mm-hmm. sings and they go nuts. And is it just them on the, on the stage? It's just them on they stage. They don't have any... There's nobody else on wow. stage. Mm-hmm. Lots of... Matt kind of like... They have their setup. That's pretty much all it is. He'll play stuff. There might be some backing track that he'll, that he'll put on, but mm-hmm. it's just the two of them on stage. There's no added musicians. Well, we were talking a little bit before we started recording the show, uh, but you were mentioning some pretty awesome covers that they were, that they were yes, doing. Yes, so. yes. They did some really... They often will do stuff that are pretty crazy because they like to think of themselves as a giant part um, so a two-person two party. It's pretty much a two-person with all of us <laughs> included, but they did like a DMX cover right from the get-go. That's interesting. I don't remember. Is it like, is Yago Make Me Lose My Mind? Yes. DMX? Yeah, that's the song. Yes. yes. Up in here. Up in here. Up in here. Yeah, their their set list included a bunch of like mix of things like Daylight and Good Old Fashioned Nightmare and cameras from their second or third album to some of the new stuff from their new album that's really good. They also did a cover of Jump by Van Halen, (laughs) which was really kind of weird. They did that right and then like for maybe a minute and then immediately went into Barbara Streisand. Which Barbara Streisand? No, no, they did not do a Barbara Streisand song. They did the song by Duck Sauce. I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping for a. You just get like a really like. No, you didn't get a loud and fast Barbara Streisand song. Yeah, I just kind of wanted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's exactly. Disappointed. See, now I don't know if I can go. Now I can't, now, now can't go to this. Down to like, okay, well, now Matt and Kim doesn't sound <laughs> all that great to you guys, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I We had a great time, uh, me and my friend that went with me. So cool. we had a great time with it. Yeah, and they were great. They did a wall of death. I don't know if anybody yes, here has been has I've seen. It. I've never seen it, but I, I know. About it's it. typically something you'd see at a metal show. So mm-hmm. the singer would be like, everybody split up, and you'd have like everyone on the left would push to the left, and everyone on the right would push to the right, and there's this big opening in the center. And then right when like the drop metal drop, if you want to call it, hits, everyone just rushes towards each other, and essentially like just tries to kill each other. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but they did that. And I was like, how is this going to work? And it was like right before one of their like really big, it wasn't good old fashioned. It was like something it like been 10, now. 
I feel like now it might have been. You know, if you know now, it lends itself well. There, there's a big drop. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It was now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say because it was like right after Get It. Yeah. Also, Kim did a lot of twerking. Yes, she's known. She's to do that. she's known to do twerking. She gets on her drum set and just starts twerking it out. It's very funny. They're <laughs> they're <laughs> really like funny. A hoot. It's amazing. It's just two people with the smallest setup you could possibly and imagine, and a lot of energy. The biggest energy. The energy it's like amazing. it really comes from the crowd. The crowd just gets into yeah, it. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. a fantastic job with their live shows. Yeah, they're yeah. just like yeah, they get really into it. So they had a lot of fun. We we all had a good deal of fun at it. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting that I found for the first time there. I don't know how many of you guys have been to shows and had to try to buy a drink and you have to deal with the credit card situation and just dealing with the bar in general yep. is a pain. It's a struggle, you know. It Seriously. is. So when we went, so at the show, we were handed these bracelets uh, with a scanner, like RFID thing mm-hmm. on the inside, and you go to this little thing, you put in your credit card, and you set up a little, uh, you set, and you like type in your credit card number and all that stuff, and how you want your receipt sent to you, and then you've just got this wristband, and you just go to the bar and you scan your wrist, and mm-hmm. it's way easier to deal with because the bar, it's always crowded. And getting the bartender's attention is difficult. And then you have to wait there for what feels like, I want to say, three hours to get your credit card back afterwards. So it's just so much easier to just be like, okay, I don't need to hand any cash. I could just do this, do a quick scan. I get my drink. I head Mm -hmm. out. So, so that now, was really now amazing. you link your credit card before you get to the show, right? Like, so you do it when you get to the show, you oh. give your ticket. Okay. Then they say, are you drinking? You know, you show them your ID. Mm-hmm. They hand you this. Mm-hmm. They say, go to one of these kiosks. They Nobody gets served unless they've got one of those wristbands. I mean, it's... Streamlined process. I think that they should do it at more shows. Uh, I don't know I if this is so. specifically for the event with Bluepoint or if it's at... All of their shows, but I think that this should be implemented at all shows. I haven't attended a show where this is the process, but I have heard of these of these wristbands. Probably for like the bigger festivals, I would think that this this is something. I've never seen this for the festivals, really. But that would make a lot of sense for big festivals. Yeah, I mean, also I'm just thinking too, like if you if you could register your card with these before you ever get to the show, like I wouldn't bring my wallet even. Like, (laughs) yeah, my my biggest problem with shows, um, especially if you're going to be there all day for like any of these festival ones, is that you got to like bring all your stuff with you, and like I don't want to bring all that. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. be standing and, you and know, waiting, trying to enjoy yeah. the show for, I don't know, yeah. like eight hours. I mean, it was really great because I didn't have to miss any of the show. Mm-hmm. I, you know, was at away from my spot minimally. Most spots were good, but there was a lot of people because it was a... Most people probably didn't give any money. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was really good. Uh, the beer was the beer was very good. Also, mm-hmm. since it was it was a thing for the beer, it was a yeah. good sippable IPA, pretty light, not super hoppy. But mm-hmm. is it the IPA? Is it the Did IPA? Did it live up to the expectation of I'm gonna, being? I'm going to be unlike any other, as it says. In I will say this: uh, in the future, I will take a bunch of IPAs and I will do a sample, and we will. We'll find out if it's the IPA. Okay. I don't know when it's going to be out in stores. I didn't see it recently. I assume mm-hmm. that we got a sneak peek to this beer. But in terms of beers for a concert, I think it was a pretty good one. And what did you think of the venue? Like, would you go back to the venue? Oh, yeah. And check out? I've mm-hmm. checked out stuff that's happening there. They do a lot of, like, club dance type shows, which makes a lot of sense. Like, a lot of electronic like type stuff. space for that, yeah. Yeah. Because there are so many venues in Brooklyn right now, places like Brooklyn Steel's a really big spot. So I wouldn't expect a lot of big names to mm-hmm. be there, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. So I would expect it for things like, you know, if you're going to do like either these types of events or like electronic uh, DJ sets. But it was really cool. I would definitely go back to that venue. And also Matt and Kim still sound great. <laughs> definitely would recommend going to a show. They're probably doing more stuff. Yeah, I'm sure they're coming around. Early Sounds like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when we come back, I will explain what I did for $10 here on Music Unsubscribed. Keep listening. We're here at the third point in our what did you do for ten dollars what did you do for ten dollars what did you do for ten dollars peter i'll tell you what i did for ten dollars so i live on long island and there is a fantastic record store in my area called looney tunes records so it is both a record label that distributes its own records and a store that is really our uh, andrew and i's uh store of choice for record store days just some background i grew up on long island we actually grew up in the same town exactly didn't meet each other really until college but (laughs) but every every, uh every record store day or every black also every black friday we go out uh record shopping and we typically go to looney tunes right because they always had the best selection out in west bab west bab (laughs) shout out west bab 
Is that how you really shorten that name? West Bab? Yeah, I think that, that is, is that, that is how they say it? that is that would be the way. Yeah. West Bab. All right, there we go. West Bab. Wow. West Bab. That is, yeah. I'm walking away with a lot of knowledge. You're today. walking away Seriously. with, I mean, yeah. That's Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Joel. Okay. Billy Joel. Let's continue. I, I, anyway, so in Looney Tunes, this is probably very reminiscent of a lot of record stores out there in the world. There are grab bags. They have grab bags for both CDs and records. And so I bought two $5 grab bags of vinyl records. $5 plus $5 does equal $10. So checks out. Checks all the boxes. Each one comes with five records. I picked the heaviest ones because I thought they have (laughs) the best stuff in them. You don't necessarily know that. But I have no idea. I have no, I've only. There could be a brick in there. There could, seriously, there could be like, it could just be a sleeve with nothing inside or a broken record. We don't know. Oh my gosh. I've bought them. You haven't haven't picked them up, but here's what we're going to do. So we're going to go through them live right now on the podcast. I'm going to start with bag number one. Here we go. That is right on top. And we're going to talk about what I find. And I'm not looking until I (laughs) open up. So the first one, I think, is is a single EP. It is Jimmy Rosselli, Volume 2, Saloon Songs. (laughs) Saloon Songs. All right. Song... I wish we had. Let's let's pass these around so, okay. right, so that we can each so make comments so we'll, about them. We'll talk about each one as they come out. So Jimmy Rosselli, I have no idea who this man is. Like I said, I'm opening this for the very first time. He writes on the back, I've been in the nightclub business more than more years than I care to remember. My home base is the Copacabana on 16th Street, right in the heart of New York City. So this he's, record has to travel far. He's serious. Hold on, he's I do have some man. I do have some research on him. Yeah, tell um, us. Michael John Jimmy Rosselli. Ah, uh, he's Michael is one of the most significant Italian-American pop singers of his time during wow. an era of competition from such performers as Frankie Sinatra, Tony B, Beast being for Bennett, Dean Martin, Perry Como. You've got, yeah, like this is, he's born in Hoboken, New Jersey. Hey. We're, we're, con- circle. we're connecting. Guy. Full circle. Yeah. You know, I really feel like I've heard of him, though. I'm sure. I feel like, yeah, here, I'm sure. Right, Interesting. I don't recognize thing. any of the songs on this album. That being said, I like. I'm sure we do, but he doesn't seem like a big name cons- compared to his contemporaries like Frankie and uh, you know Dino. Jimmy Rosselli, Volume Two Saloon Songs. That's no, that's just that's just the first one that we pulled out of. This the is this, got, this is his second album of Saloon Songs. So if you ever if you're ever out there in the world and find the first album, yeah, please. Let's by the way, they, let us the, know. By the way, the Saloon Songs Volume Two came out in 1967. Uh, the first one or this one? This one. This the one. last one. The other one came out in '65. Huh. Wow. So we waited two years. Thought, you know what? The Saloon Songs Volume One was such a hit. We need a second volume. I mean, it's Jimmy Rosselli. It's Jimmy Rosselli. We took a look at the record. It's definitely scratched up. Definitely, yeah, definitely cool. worthy of the dollar bin that it was probably pulled from. But, but very, know, very cool find. I would, we we haven't given this a listen this yet. So maybe uh, we can uh, we'll t- discuss the listen that the happens listen throughout the next month. We'll talk. Yes. We'll do a little recap. I of love, the, I love to. A little like how did these. how did these things sound? Exactly. All right. All right. What else you got? Very in that cool. Bag? Number Let's two. See. So on Pond First Feel. There is still the plastic covering on it. Oh. I'd like to be honest, he is not looking. I'm not yeah. looking at, at all. all. It's just on the bag is on my lap and I as I pull it out, I'll tell you what I find. This one is this I think is this one's sealed. Jerry Vale sings 16 greatest hits of the 60s. <laughs> he's he's got a cover of Moon River on here. There's a cover of what I think it's yesterday by he also, there's also Paul. Strangers in the Night on here. Can't oh. take my eyes off you. So he's just singing random songs from the 60s, it's not necessarily the anything. Hits 16 of the greatest. 16 of the greatest hits. So let me 60s. see. So the record is not in a sleeve. Aww. Okay. But it's Columbia. Okay. Col- Definitely Columbia. has a generous scratch on side A. I was. I want to say this though. This record, each side has eight songs on it. That's how short the songs of the 60s were. You can pack eight songs onto a side. On each side. This is a Bronx boy. Oh. He's uh, from nice. the same era of our Jimmy Rosselli. He's, um, you know, an Italian American. His some of his stuff was featured in films by uh, Scorsese, which makes sense considering a lot of his oh. Italian gangster mob movies that are incredible. And you're right about yesterday. Can you draw that? You're, you're right about yesterday. Lennon and McCartney are are, are there credited on the, I, I'm curious to hear the these these covers here. It's not actually that far from the Jimmy Rosselli, the swing. I feel like it's that loungy kind of vibe you're getting here oh, with Jerry. Yeah. I think that you're going to have an experience listening this to these. This is going to be an exciting. Now, experience. I'd like to say of these two because these are in the same genre. Uh, before we jump into what is next in this grouping. Is this the type of music that you would typically listen to? No, and that's what's so great about this, is that 
it's not something that I grew up with. It's not something that I will listen to voluntarily. So <laughs> having this in front of me, telling me, like the, you the, have f- the you fates have that, that be, telling me these are the songs you should this listen to. This is it. You're going to have to listen to this. I mean, there's some Beatles on there. The Beatles are my favorite band of all time. And so that especially will be yeah, interesting to hear. I'm very excited how to that hear how that, how it measures up. Maybe it'll be better itself, than, the other, than the, the other cover. Yeah, the record is in a great shape. <laughs> <laughs> that ridiculous comment. I'm really. sorry. I no, no, no. Like, I... I heard it. No, I heard it. I missed but, it. I was. Oh, I was saying that maybe the the cover of yesterday is better than the original, which is not true at all. <laughs> Can never be. Oh, boy. We may have to end the podcast right here. No, that's that was that's what that's what one would call a a joke. A joke. <laughs> so we've got just to recap. This is only bag one. We've gotten through two. There's still ten. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Vale, Jimmy Rosselli, Lounge Swing Style, both New York boys. So we're still in this metro area. Here's number three. Molly Hatchet. Ooh. That is... Wow. So okay. different. That is so that, unbelievably wow. different. <laughs> Give me a second. This was at one point three ninety nine, and they took put an X through it. Wow. Okay. Let me tell you what I'm looking at right now, folks. Right now, I'm looking at a horse. Obviously, doesn't skip leg day. <laughs> With a hatchet that's bloody, eyes are red, Viking... Horns, 1973. Is so, yeah, so 78. This is along the lines of your Almond Brothers and Leonard Skinner. There are three lead guitars. There are three guitarists. And then Banner Thomas I, on bass guitar and Bruce Crump on drums. May I? May I? There's a there's a nice little summary oh, of, okay, of the please, band here. Please. Molly Hatchet does sound like a strange name for six street tough, extremely macho southern boys. The explanation for the name comes from 17th century Salem, where one legendary lady, if one could call her that, named Hatchet Molly... Oh. Would behead her lovers. Oh. With that hand tool, Lizzie Borden made famous. So that must be the weapon on the, That's the cover. A, yep, yep. Well, there, we go. there we go. Now, the mystery right. still is what that has to do with these guys, but once you listen to the opening bars of Bounty Hunter or such cuts as Gator Country, Big Apple, etc., you won't even worry about it anymore. Won't even so, worry. All right, let me... That's just the sleeve. Let's just get to the right <laughs> one. We, we haven't even opened we haven't up. Even opened it. How is the quality of There's this? There's so much to talk There's about. There's so much this. to explore. All right, let's see. Let's see the record. I see album. some it's dust. From, it's from Epic. I see some dust, but no mm-hmm. scratches. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Listen, I want to oh get a full God. report on all of these... That we're gonna have to get. Yeah, like, oh boy. And if it's not a, and oh if it's boy. not done like, because we're not even through this first. We're, we're only we're three. only on record wow. record four. This is great. This is gonna be record four that I pull out. Well, I need to put away the we're gonna, we're gonna need like a sub number four podcast episode number four. for you to cover like, just the sound of all of these. I, I I may you may not see me for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this. Number four has a fold out. It's Melissa Manchester home to myself. This was a six dollar record at one point. Let's open it up. Oh, wow. This is actually very nice. Check out that group of This is a nice human. You fold it out with a big group photo. I'm guessing that's her at the bottom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With her band. With, from Arista Records. Let's read the back. So this is actually, this is from 1973, Arista Records, printed on, in New York. It's a, it's a pop adult contemporary okay. style. So big label. Should give you an idea of what we're looking at. Hmm. All right, let's see. We got a nice that one. Very, very good condition. No, almost no scratches. Do it's, you have anything on where she's originally from? Uh, born of the Bronx. Another local. Wow. That's pretty good. So we got how many New Yorkers and one? So we've got, so four, we've got so four three, 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 no, three New, three out of four. Three of the three four, of the four are four. New York people. Associated acts: Barry Manilow. Huh. Bette Midler. Interesting spectrum. Interesting. Apparently, she studied songwriting at NYU with Paul Simon. Oh. Wow. I, I guess at some point, Paul Simon was uh, was teaching at NYU. I didn't know he that. Might, yeah, Maybe. he was probably Unless a Unless they were, they were students together. What, 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 did he ever, uh, no, he, he wasn't, I don't think he did that. Well, he must have had like a master class or something. I, he probably did something. I mean, I get the feeling. Class. If they are going to put this kind of money, Arista Records, what is the uh, foldout. What's like the record this? name? It home to called, myself. Yeah, home, home to, myself. to myself. Melissa Manchester, home to myself. I'm guessing that she was considered a top, like maybe even a flagship artist at Arista at one point. Because this is a lot of effort put into a to this. That is very. This is apparently her debut album. Very nice. Well, I'm curious to see what you think. That one, about I'm very curious. Yeah. About. All right, very here's the last one, number five out of the bag, the Moody Blues guys. <gasps> the Moody Blues. That's a name I, know. I like the Moody Active. Blues. So this was this album came out. After the is like the first one after the end of the big prog rock scene. It's the beginning of disco and punk. Okay. So they were not appreciated at this point. They're like prog rocky 
all their songs have a theme and the themes are connected and the style and so they've it's got too flute. Con- too conceptual for it's, pe- the people have moved to people. things like yeah. Sex Pistols and Ramones sure. and disco and they're starting to get phased out of the the radio space. And their main keyboardist would leave after this one after this album. Huh. After creating this album. So this would be... It's also the last one produced by Tony Clark, who I think produced the last seven albums. Wow. Bag number two. Another fold-out. Uh-oh. Another fold-out. This one is... Barry Manilow! Yes! Barry! We got Barry! We got Barry Manilow! Oh, greatest hits, Barry Manilow! Oh, oh, look at, that. What I love, at that face. Now, what I love about this is you've got the name of the album oh. is written in that... I want to say pop art, word yes. art from like. Look at that. From like oh, the gold man. shade the of gold him sitting shade. down. It's very, piano. it's very gold. Lots also, of gold. Arista Records, a second Arista Records. Yeah. Very heavy. Greatest hits, Barry Manilow. I'd say that's that's the gem of the. We don't know so that. Far. There could be something. So far, there are so two. Far. There so are far. two records in here. It's a oh. double it's a album. Double Barry Manilow, Greatest Hits, somehow made it into the. I feel like that. That's like a jackpot. I don't Honestly, know. Is it, I don't know, man. No, I'm not a huge Manilow. He's a classic. A what are you talking about? A, a dual LP. We, we, we were raised by different parents, listen, I think. Listen, <laughs> if you... Let me see what's on here. If you don't... Okay, Can't Smile Without You. If you don't if you don't enjoy listening to I that... I do not know that song. Oh, Andrew. Wow. Listen to me. I do not know this song. There is a, there is a Barry <laughs> like Manilow Greatest Hits album. I write the song. Looks like we made it. I mean, come on. There oh is a gra- there's a Greatest Hits of Barry Manilow at my parents' house that... I have not listened to it. My mom found it, I think, in like in her pair, my grandparents' house, and was like, "Huh, you want this?" And I said, "Why?" And she was like, <laughs> "Me neither." And that's how that conversation went. Well, now we own one. It's now in the possession of the music unsubscribed team. Yeah, I mean, Barry listen, if, All right. if you don't listen to this and like want to, well, dance, we are trying to. Well, he's just, we are he's trying just to expand classic. ourselves, yeah, right? So I guess I have to. Podcast. I guess I ought to listen. On, there, he makes you smile. Wait, there's a letter. I'll say that. Let me just read the letter that's in here. There's, oh, right. there's a letter printed in here. It's not a physical letter, but it's a picture of a letter. It's a picture of a letter that he wrote. <laughs> it's hard to believe that it was only four years ago. Is it ago. from him? Yeah, it's it's signed Clive Davis. Oh, the president of Arista. There you go. Yeah. It's hard to, to believe that it was only four years ago that I first met Barry. I had gone to Central Park to see him open for Dion Warwick. There he was, relating to 8,000 people, most of whom did not know who he was, with incredible verb, enthusiasm, and musicality. Uh, let's skip a little bit. Today, Barry Manilow is peerless in the world of popular music. Peerless. And peerless. peerless. That is an interesting... Peerless. That is an interesting claim. His interpretive performances rank him at the top. He's the unquestioned best arranger of songs in America today. You gotta just listen. Just yes, listen and appreciate. Okay, Barry Man. I I stand behind. Okay, this is the greatest hits that came. This is the first greatest hits that came after his first five albums. There you go. This guy has thirty-one studio albums. The first five. He's great. This is. Very interesting. That was pull number six. Here's it pull has number Copa. Seven. Yes. It's yeah. got Copa. The disco it's version. It's the greatest hits. Well, you need the disco version. That's it's the, the greatest only one of the greatest. That... Okay. I'm going to have to listen to this at some point. Yes, you will. And I will uh, let you know whether or not. <laughs> I I, my my, my judgment. If it doesn't bring a smile to your face. Then. If my judgment is uh, warranted or not. Here's Look at these blue eyes. Oh my goodness. They just, are oh. No, continue. Continue. I'm just I'm, <laughs> See? He's got it. He's, he's getting a very he's got a he's very getting, piercing he's smile. He's getting lost in the Barry Manilow. Here's number 7. This is another fold out we've got. Songs of Joy by Captain Oh Antonio, Antonio. Antonio. the captain died recently, oh, he didn't did. oh, oh, R.I.P. Wow. the captain, Songs of Joy. Captain. This is another gem. Wow, wait, hold on. It's completely open at the bottom. Oh, okay, so it is oh. It is falling apart. Slightly it's falling apart. Weird either. thing. Uh, there's Captain Antonio. The captain looks very familiar. He looks like one of the guys from Monty Python. Oh, if you look at this, there's a shot on the but inside. But with this hat Ooh. and the... This, this record has seen better days. The whole sleeve is torn, uh, sadly. How does it look, though? What does Let's the record see. look like? A&M Records. It's A&M Records. It's definitely seen better days. Definitely a significant scratches. Interesting timing to come across this. Yeah. This is, interestingly yeah. enough, this, so this is their second album. Wow. This is really, okay, so this is their Slide. second album. This is the one after. I was saying that she was. This, yeah, so this is the one that came right after Love Will Keep Us Together. So wow. this is the much anticipated sophomore. Sophomore album. Sophomore record. Much anticipated. All right, that was number eight. 
We're going to number seven. Here's number eight. All right. This is single sleeve, no fold out. Okay. Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega? The sound, wait, I feel like I've heard Tom's Suzanne Diner. Vega. Well, she would, yeah, Tom's Diner. Yeah. Do, 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 1985 A&M Records. Wow. What is the, is it a single or is it a full album? No, no, it's a full album. Oh, so it's the just called Suzanne Vega? Yeah, yeah. just Suzanne, yeah, self-titled. Okay. Suzanne Vega. Interesting. She does acoustic guitar and vocals on pretty much every song that I'm seeing here. So, so some fun notes about this one. I've actually listened to this record. Really? Oh, really? It is in the book uh, that I own, A Thousand and One Albums to Listen to Before You Die. Oh, wow. wow. This That's is, cool. This one came out before um, the Tom's Diner record. Mm. Yeah, it's on that. It was produced by... Lenny Kay, who, if you don't know, he is the guitarist from Patti Smith Group. <gasps> hey, no. That's good. He's, uh, yeah, this album was apparently playing a lot on, like, MTV, VH1, and the 80s. Debut album for Suzanne Vega wow. as well. Very I, cool. I New York City person. She uh, was from the Upper West Side. The diner in question from that song mm-hmm. uh, is actually the one that is pictured on the front of Seinfeld. The one that says restaurant. <laughs> oh, that's a diner? Yeah, Tom's, oh, Tom's Diner. Um, and so it's just her having a cup of coffee in the morning outside of Columbia because I think she went to Columbia or she lives over by Columbia that whole Patti Smith connection is pretty interesting too I just read that book I just think it's interesting that whole whole New York uh, New York tie-in and there's a lot of New York in this see now this is this is something I'll walk away I want to check I want to check her out after the after we're done here oh yeah see learning 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 from the podcast that was number eight here's number nine Vinnie Moore Hmm. Vinny Moore. Wow. Time this, Odyssey. This, this now one's this, had a lot of work, ooh, but it, this, this, this is 80s. This, is it is it 80s or is it? I'm going to say 80s. It is. Oh, that hair. 1988. That hair that is hair. so 80s. Okay. This is Odyssey, one. The Journey Through Life Itself. I've got a, yeah. what is that guy's name That's again? from That's from Polygram Records under Mercury. Got oh, some records, info for you on Vinny Moore. Records really scratched up. What do you got? It is absolutely metal. Uh, so this is. Metal. He is, so he was a member of the hard rock band UFO. Uh, from Britain, which was a big band uh, around the same time that was like influential on like Iron Maiden. So this is his second album. Yeah, this is instrumental rock in that like very yeah. 80s, very super technical, mm-hmm. heady type of playing. Interesting, you've got s- some of the people that are on this. Uh, the keyboardist is now the keyboardist for Dream Theater. Okay. Oh, so you've got some... So then you know where the sound is. Yes, yeah, so you've got an idea of what this sound is. A lot of very varied influences on this. Very interesting. I like it for the cover, honestly. If nothing else. If nothing <laughs> it's else. Intricate. It, it's intricate. It's interesting. So we've got, every, so we've got everything in here from your That's Amore to, <laughs> to, to metal, metal playing box. So you, play, and Beatles. And Beatles. So you've got a, a we've got a wide range of Vinny styles Moore. in here. Let's see what what is I can't believe were we at number ten? We're at number ten, and this one I think is sadly falling apart a lot. I'm feeling like through the sleeve into the other parts of it. This one is oh my god, wow! This right. is actually the mo- this is actually the biggest record of all of them. Frampton comes alive. Hey, Frampton no. comes alive. Frampton. This comes is alive. Peter Frampton's <laughs> very um, wow. very popular. A uh, live hey, album, like double disc like live album, uh, that he put out because he wasn't doing very well. That's actually that's, that's the biggest. One. He actually wasn't doing very well in terms of his like main studio albums, but he captured it with the live albums. I want But this is a great. Okay, this is a great see, record. I've got a copy of. Yeah. I've got a great. Co- I've got a copy of this record. It's great. You've got. Oh, this is great. The yeah, sleeves. these oh sleeves God. are wonderful. On this sleeve. I'm I think you have three A and M record, uh, records in here. All right, we got some. It seems superficial scratches. That actually looks like it's in the best shape of all of them. Um, that surprised me because I would expect this one to be little the worst. dust, but nothing, nothing bad on on this one. Let's Definitely, see what the other one looks like. that alone, I think you could, you could get for the price of one of the grab bars. I think this. Uh-huh. Like I think yeah, I think that you you lucked out here. I think you got a you got a solid deal out of this. I'd say so. I'd say so. And it even has on the other side that one of the sleeves, all the other. People in, uh, so we should have some, yeah, some of the AM. other people on. Yeah, AM. the Captain and Tennille's up there. Mm-hmm. Joe yeah. Baez. I think that's that it's is a, a big good find. album to have in your that's library. That's a big find. That's a big find. I think that was was that two yes. over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, so we've got it's a double record. You've a got great record. songs on there. Show me the way. Uh, feel like do you do? Feel do, like do, we do? Do, do, do you do? do. do. So let's recap what we got here out of the 10. Out of the 10 that you got. So we're st- so we'll go backwards. Peter Frampton, Frampton Comes Alive. Vinnie Moore, Time Odyssey. 
Suzanne Vega, self-titled. Captain and Tennille, Song of Joy, The Incomparable, Barry Manilow, Greatest Hits. Moody Blues, Octave. Melissa Manchester, Home to Myself. Molly Hatchett, self-titled. Jerry Vale, Sing 16 of the Greatest Hits of the 60s. And last but certainly never least, Jimmy Rosselli, Volume 2, Saloon Songs. songs. So I think I'd say that was a great pool. Very good pool. Which one... Do you think you're going to be the most surprised that you'll like? The most surprised was well, going to have to be something I haven't listened to yet, so I'm going to say it's going to be the Melissa Manchester. Okay, okay. It's, going to, it's a tie between that or Suzanne Vega. All right, I think I think you're going to like the Suzanne Vega. Though, I think I will too, but I think you haven't too. heard before because I'm sure you've listened to Frampton and I'm yeah. sure you've listened to like you've yeah. listened to Barry. So like, yes, yeah. But my thought is, if Melissa Manchester w- was basically taught in terms of songwriting by Paul Simon. And Paul Simon's up there for me in terms of artists that I really like and listen to, then I could see myself enjoying that. So there we go. That's my my $10 spend. Definitely mm-hmm. worth it. So we will recap what we've uh, experienced and what sure. we've seen here on Music Unsubscribed. So let's start with Marissa. Yeah, so at the top of the show, I was talking about uh, Tunes Record Store in Hoboken. Uh, I went to Avant Gardner, saw Matt and Kim at the Blue Point The IPA uh, concert. And I pulled 10 random records from two grab bags that I got at Looney Tunes Records at West Bab. West Bab! <laughs> West Bab. West Bab. West Bab. So, now that we all know what each of us has done, because mm-hmm. that's also part of the show, is that we try as best as possible to keep it a secret, mm-hmm. while also trying not to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. Yeah. Who do you think got the most bang for their buck? I think you did. Yeah, yeah I think I think. I mean, I, yeah. I while I've had like a fun sh- concert experience, I've seen Matt and Kim before. I didn't learn too much about any new artists or anything. I think that you have in front of you a month's worth, or at least a few <laughs> weeks worth, worth that. Yeah. You, of you know diving into some artists that you did not know, some music you had no idea about, and you certainly can't. Uh, well, since it's all vinyl, you certainly have. Your range of good quality to scratchy scratchers. Yeah, I agree. What I like about yours, though, Marissa, is that you're diving into something that you know, but kind of seeing it from an angle that you haven't before. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I, I got into some some of like the solo stuff for Robert Plant and learned about a pretty cool record label. But I think as far as uh, for what you get for your money, I think the the grab bag. Uh, approach is Definitely. probably the way to go. Well, because you have no control over what mm-hmm. you're going to get. You right. might get something really good or something, you know, that you didn't know. That you regret. That you regret, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I, I think you were very successful also because you not only got, you know, music and experience, but you got beer. Beer. I did get beer. You got I got drinks. A, I, got you a, got, I got a t-shirt. You, know, you got a brand new uh, beer from a pretty cool brewery in the area. Yeah, I've been to the to Blue Point before, and they've got they've got some like pretty known beers. I'm I think this is going to become like a well known one for them. I think they're really going to push this. So I think I hope that it goes well for them. But yeah, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I think that. Yeah, I got beer. So, like, I, inst- I didn't get just, like, music. I got a little bit of an experience out of it. I got some drinks. I got a new T-shirt to <laughs> add to the rotation. At the end of the day, we also did a great thing by supporting some local music scenes and businesses. True. Too. True. Agreed, yeah. yeah. I supported my local record store. You supported a local record store in Hoboken, and mm-hmm. you supported a local venue. Next show will be in a month from now. We'll have a whole new list of $10 things that we've done. But for now, my name is Peter. My name is Andrew. I'm Marissa. Thanks for listening. Like what you heard? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Music Unsub Pod.